heard us talk about DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports, and how Payday can come every day by entering their contests with huge cash prizes up for grabs. This week is jam-packed with action ranging from basketball to golf, hockey, and DraftKings has plenty of ways for you to have a front row seat to all the action. Draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every moment means more with DraftKings lineup on the line. It's simple. Each player has a salary associated with drafting them. Assemble a lineup of players while staying under the salary cap and then sit back and watch your points pile up. Now that you know how to play, download the DraftKings app and sign up using promo code THPN. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit. Again, that's promo code THPN only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a sports betting perspective. With pro handicappers Alex B. Smith and Ian Cameron, and veteran sports writer Jimmy Murphy. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. Wednesday, March 10th, Ian Cameron and Alex B. Smith with you, ready to break down the Wednesday NHL card from a betting standpoint, as we do seven days a week right here uh, on the Ice Guys show. Before we get to Wednesday night's card, we're going to do a couple of things, because there's a lot of news items. Uh, The NHL signed a massive new uh, national television deal yesterday. Well, not yesterday. It hasn't really officially been announced yet, but... The uh, news has been uh, reported by various good sources and insiders that wouldn't be making this stuff up, that it is imminent that the uh, NHL has signed a seven-year deal with ESPN to become part of the new U.S. national television uh, rights uh, for the uh, NHL starting next season. It would take effect 2021-2022 season. Uh, We'll get into that a little bit in just a second. I know Alex definitely has some uh, very uh, good opinions on that. Uh, regarding the new deal with ESPN. Before we get to that, we'll briefly look back on Tuesday night. It was pretty wild and crazy night in a lot of aspects. A couple of comebacks took place. New Jersey was down 4-1 to Washington uh, last night and roared back to tie that game 4-4, but Washington rescues themselves with the overtime win of 5-4. We saw the Buffalo Sabres. Wow, were they really going to pull off the upset against the Philadelphia Flyers uh, after a 3-1 start in the first period. Well, Buffalo realized, hey, we're the Buffalo Sabres again uh, down the stretch. Uh, the Flyers tie it, and then the Flyers end up getting the uh, win uh, in extra time, in overtime uh, over the uh, Buffalo Sabres. So uh, a very good comeback for the uh, Flyers when it looked like they were going to go down to defeat to the Sabres, and the Sabres prove once again uh, they still can't get out of their own way at this point in time. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets making me quite happy yesterday. I, I went a little bold, a little brave on the best bet. Uh, last night, taking the Winnipeg Jets at a plus 165 underdog price. And sure enough, they're able to get the job done. 4-3 win over the Leafs. Big thanks to Connor Hellebuck, who was just amazing in the third period when the Leafs were really pouring it on uh, in the final 20 minutes of that game. Uh, so that was interesting. And got to mention Alex's Chicago Blackhawks. I thought this was very, very uh, disappointing, frustrating, and really head-scratching. You lost two or three to Tampa, but you made a great account of yourselves with your effort in those games. You're playing a struggling Dallas Stars team. 
It's Patrick Kane, who's been the heart and soul of this franchise for the last decade, playing his thousandth career game. And that's that weak-ass effort you roll out onto the ice last night against the Dallas Stars. Outshot 30-18 to after the first two periods and down 5-1 to against the Stars, who haven't been able to put the puck in the ocean offensively most of the season. Despicable performance from the Chicago Blackhawks. Terrible. And it's alarming now that I thought the quotes from Chicago were, were quotes of a team that was going to, you know what, didn't end well against Tampa, but we got Dallas coming up. We're still in a good position. Time to roar back uh, and with a great effort. And it was just awful. They didn't generate much offensively. Uh, I didn't see great puck movement. I saw terrible miscues with the puck. Puck management stunk last night for the Chicago Blackhawks. I know there's people on Twitter beating up Malcolm Subban uh, for you know reverting back into some of his struggles he had before. And yeah, it wasn't a good night for Malcolm Subban, but you're not going to hang that performance all on him. That was a team failure, top to bottom. Everyone's at fault. Everyone's to blame for that. On Patrick Kane's thousandth career game night to play that way is awful, in my opinion, for the Chicago Blackhawks uh, and very, very disappointing. And now I start to get, I don't want to say sound the alarm bells or red alert, red alert with Chicago moving forward, but that's the kind of performance that has me a little bit more concerned about the Blackhawks moving forward. They've cooled off a little and that kind of effort on what was supposed to be a momentous night for one of the arguably the greatest Chicago Blackhawk of all time, you know, playing his thousandth game. And that's the game he got from them. That performance is what they put out there for you. And for Patrick Kane on his big night, um, bad as it gets, as far as I'm concerned, that's all you can say about it. Uh, Alex, uh, thoughts from last night. And I'm sure you'll touch on what happened with Chicago, which to me was bitterly disappointing. Yeah, that was absolutely awful. I mean, you, like I said, it's, you know, Patrick Kane's 1,000th game. They had a nice little ceremony for him, but they all lined up in front of the, the entrances uh, for warm-ups and let him uh, skate out first. It was a, you know, a really cool distinction. Like you said, he's the greatest Blackhawk uh, of all time. He deserves that kind of honor. It's a shame that, you know, the two milestones he's hit weren't in front of, uh, you know, big crowds of fans like they should have been. But obviously that's, you know, what we have to deal with uh, in the pandemic season. That being said, that's what the worst effort I've seen from the Hawks all year long. I mean, even you could look back at the first three or four games of the season uh, where they were outclassed by Tampa Bay and Florida, but that's just how that lineup was shaken out at the beginning of the season. They just weren't that good. Uh, now they're a, you know, middle of the road hockey team, but they looked worse than they did opening night uh, in the first two games against Tampa Bay last night. There was just no energy whatsoever. Subban was hung out to dry. Yes. There was some, you know, uh, shots that he could have, you know, stops he could have made. That's with, with most of his games. Like I said, there's still some things he has to work out. He's not going to be a number one goalie overnight. This guy's still a backup. Uh, he still leaps and bounds better than what he was at the beginning of the year or even the last couple of seasons before uh, when he was with Vegas and Boston. So, you know, you can't hang it all on him. It's it's that it's a full lineup effort last night that uh, just, you know, kind of shit the bed, for lack of a better term. And they honestly need to win tomorrow night uh, before things get really bad. Tomorrow's going to be a, a, a true litmus test of, you know, can they move forward? Obviously, it's more likely going to be Lincoln than, than that. Uh, so that's going to be a big step for them. They've got to have uh, an A-plus game, in my opinion, to, you know, to see where they're going to be in the second half of the season. But, you know, looking around, around the league, you had five of the nine games last night going to overtime. You know, I mentioned it yesterday and a, a couple of shows prior where this is the time of year now for betters to start looking at that whole regulation draw a little bit because things are getting tight in the, in the division race uh, and those playoffs, you know, every point counts now more than ever with these next 25 to 30 games for teams. So uh, if they can hold on and just escape with a point, 
that's something that teams are going to make a you know a, a motion to do late in game. So that also is going to affect in game totals, uh, you know, and, and in game lines as well. So this, those are things you got to really look at and adjust now because we're going to see a lot more games, in my opinion, end up going into overtime and going into shootouts. That's an excellent point. And I'm going to relate it to what happened with some of my bets last night. What you just said about games going to overtime, the draws starting to cash in, tight games. I had two puck lines last night, Flyers and the Hurricanes. Didn't win either one. One goal games, both of them. Sabres against the Flyers, Hurricanes against the Predators last night. And it's proof, you know, whether it's familiarity of just all divisional games and it's hard to gain separation, even with sometimes in superior teams over much inferior competition, like we saw with the Flyers against Buffalo last night, like we saw with Carolina against Nashville. Maybe it's harder to pull away in some of these games. And maybe as the games become more important, you focus more a little bit defensively and you don't maybe push for that extra insurance goal or that get the margin to two, three, four four goals and you saw a lot of close games last night a lot of one goal games you mentioned it multiple games go to overtime and when we get to breaking down or analyzing tonight's card on this show in just a bit i'm going to mention that about one of the games where i considered the puck line tonight minus one and a half goals on the favorite in one of the games tonight and i actually went with the regulation line in that game instead because i'm worried about a one goal game we're seeing you know these games really really close and a lot of one goal decisions across the NHL right now. So it, to me, I would say at this point in time, it's kind of better beware to lay minus one and a half goals on the puck line routinely. Certainly you still can, and there's going to be great spots to do that, but do you want to be peppering the board with a bunch of favorites minus, you know, the goal and a half uh, every single night? Uh, Maybe not necessarily right now with how tight, and how closely contested, you know, a lot of these games are right now. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, moving forward uh, if that kind of hockey, this close, you know, one goal tight game type of hockey that we've sort of seen in the last few days, if it continues now uh, moving forward. So definitely a good thing to keep in mind. Uh, All right, let's talk now about the media deal, the television deal. Uh, It's looking like it's uh, now going to be uh, officially announced that it's seven years the NHL with ESPN, it'll start next season. Part of the deal is they're going to be showing games across the ESPN main networks, ESPN, ESPN2. We don't have a firm. Oh, I think we lost Ian. I think it froze up, uh, it looks like, from the screen. All right, so, well, I'll, I'll just read part of the uh, – this is from the – press release that ESPN had up on their site at one point and eventually came down for whatever reason. I don't know if they're still working out some logistical terms before making it truly official, but basically the NHL uh, is returning to ABC and the ESPN network. So that means ESPN, ESPN two, but largely it'll be ESPN plus their streaming platform, which is now part of the Disney bundle. Uh, For those of you who, who have, you know, streaming packages, I'm sure you're aware of the bundle ESPN plus with, Disney Plus and Hulu, uh, that'll be part of, of that package moving forward, which will effectively get rid of, there we go, it will effectively be getting rid of NHL TV in the United States. Now, I don't know the logistics uh, within Canada, obviously, but from what I know is that NHL TV is going to be absorbed into ESPN Plus. They said over 1,100 games will be shown 
on ESPN Plus, as essentially means virtually every single game uh, will be shown through the ESPN platform, at least digitally. Uh, as far as the cable games go, it says 25 games from the NFL schedule, NHL schedule will be carried live exclusively on either ABN, ABC, or ESPN. That's a huge drop-off to where we have now over 90 games uh, shown on NBC uh, Sports Network, which, of course, will dissolve as a network altogether uh, at the end of the year, which is important because this is only split uh, split deal with the NHL and ESPN. There's still another network that's going to come in and show the other half of games. It could still be NBC, which would lead to NBC's national uh, channel, of course, their flagship channel, and USA Network, which is going to start showing some games later in the season and into the playoffs from uh, earlier reports that I've read. And if that's not the case, then Fox is still in play to get the second half of that deal, which personally I think would be a, a, big, a better move because when you look at the lineup of, of programming that's on Fox Sports 1, Fox Sports 2, they have the airspace to show games, you know, live on, uh, you know, cable as well as streaming. You know, everybody's got streaming platforms. That's not going to be an issue. But the, the, the biggest thing and, and the biggest takeaway I have from this NHL deal with ESPN is that the cable footprint, the live television footprint, is going to diminish, which is a really bad look for the league as far as trying to grow and expand. This is definitely not something you want to see, uh, you know, only 25 games. That means they're going to be buried in the coverage of, you know, they still have a deal with the NBA. So that's going to take, you know, uh, first priority as far as those Sunday games on ABC. Uh, you know, we're going to have, you know, 1030, 11 o'clock. Uh, AM games with the Rangers and Bruins on because they're going to try to get that game off the air as soon as they can to show 230, you know, Lakers Celtics. Uh, we're, we're, you know, you're going to have to dip battle with obviously the college basketball uh, schedule that'll be on ESPN and ESPN two heavily. Uh, and of course we're talking about, this going to be a regular schedule season. So October, November, that's all about football, be it NFL coverage, college football, live games. So where the NHL was, you know, the main kind of, basically, uh, you know, piece of, of league for the NBC to showcase. And even then, they still didn't fully showcase it because you turn the NBCSN right now on your television or streaming platform, I'm guessing they're going to show uh, the goddamn car show or some kind of motocross event. But that being said, you're going to have, uh, you know, less games and, and the, the dichotomy of the games that will be shown is going to diminish as well. ESPN is not going to try and show uh, Arizona and Vegas. They're going to be, you know, focusing just like they did 20 years ago when they had the package, showing teams like New York, Boston, Philadelphia, because they're always worried about the market ratings. They're not going to, you know, they, they look at how things were in the 90s. They were they only showed games in Detroit because the Red Wings were the best team in the league. So they'll make exceptions for those top tier teams. But to see, uh, you know, Seattle coming in the league, they'll make a, a storyline of that. But if Seattle doesn't have a hot start like Vegas did. Chances are you won't see that team on there often. Teams who you know were once powerful, like Chicago, making a rebuild, those teams won't be shown as often. So there's a lot of, of issues and logistics that we've known from ESPN's former deal that will more than likely pop up in this current deal, where they're gonna you know put a lot of things on, on the back burner and they're not gonna make this a, a main focus. This is just part of their you know bargaining arsenal to get you to subscribe to uh, ESPN Plus. Uh, you know. Kind of ranted on as, as you get cut off. So, 
No, I think we're good. We had a uh, modem. Uh, I could see the modem. It's right basically looking me in the eyes every day in my office space here. And uh, just basically I saw the lights go out and my just like, uh-oh, that ain't good. Uh, but it came back. We're working in this area where I live. And uh, unfortunately, it doesn't make always for uh, pod great for the podcast if you're listening. But uh, that's why we've got a great editing team at the Hockey Podcast Network. They're going to polish this off for us very nicely today, make sure the podcast is sounding good. But uh, yeah, uh, before I cut out, um, we were talking about the ESPN deal. Um, seven years, you know, um, they have, I find it stunning that they have gotten four Stanley Cup finals to be on the ESPN family of networks out of the what 2022 to 2028. They're going to have half of the next eight Stanley Cup finals, essentially. And this is a network that's run the NHL under the ground. They haven't given them any coverage. Sports Center, you're lucky to get one minute of highlights of the NHL uh, every night on Scott Van Pelt Sports Center, any sports center, to be honest with you. They put Barry Melrose there in the studio, who I'm sure is going to be part of the ESPN coverage now that they're getting uh, hockey back. Uh, you know, he's going to be there in the studio analyzing it. They give him a couple minutes on Sports Center these days. That's about it. Um, but there's concerns. Um, how many networks, how many games are going to be on ESPN, ESPN2? That's the question. Are they, is the NHL going to be buried more on the, on the streaming platforms, ESPN+. Plus? We'll have to wait and see on that. What I do know, here's the positives. I'm, and Alex, I'm sure, has shared a lot of the negatives. Here's the, some positive, here's the positives I see in it because I think there's a little bit of both. The good news is, and I don't like that people feel this way, there are people in the United States, I know that, and I'm not even I'm an American, I'm a Canadian, as you guys know, but I've talked to enough people in the States that don't believe a sport exists if it's not on ESPN, honestly. If it's not on ESPN, they think, you know what, it can't be that big of a sport, it's not something I'm interested in. So the fact that they're on ESPN now, the NHL, it's it, the, the ratings are going to go up, I think, compared to NBC. Uh, just because of that, because ESPN, people think that's the be-all, end-all of sports. I don't agree that it is, but there are people out there that think that, and that the only way to watch hockey is through, or to watch any sport, it's ESPN's got to have it, or it's inconsequential. You know, there's honestly people that believe that. Uh, so that's the good news. Visibility, they're going to make a shit ton of money from this deal. That's that's definitely going to be good news for the league because the NHL, like every major pro sports league over the past 12 months, has been fledgling because of this COVID-19 pandemic. So to be able, you know, to be able to recoup some of the losses financially with this deal uh, is going to help. That's for sure. The other aspect I kind of like about this deal is the potential for, and, and I said this off the air to Alex, he's one of my absolute favorite play-by-play guys. And if he is not, you know, asked by ESPN to return and this to, to, to their new uh, ESPN coverage of the NHL starting next year, I'll be very disappointed. And that's Gary Thorne. Gary Thorne is a legendary voice in the National Hockey League in the United States. He was the main play-by-play man for ESPN National Hockey Night going back to the 90s, 80s, and early 2000s with his longtime partner, Bill Clement. I mean, it was just an outstanding duo. And Gary Thorne, I think, is one of the best play-by-play guys going in any sport. He's great at baseball, too, which he had been doing the last several years with the Baltimore Orioles on Masson, you know, mid-Atlantic. A sports network. He did regional Baltimore Orioles baseball until this upcoming season where either they said no or he said no. I'm still a little bit sketchy on which side opted out, uh, but Gary Thorne's not returning to the Baltimore Orioles this season. And the door is wide open now for him to be a part of this new NHL television deal with ESPN. And he should be. Uh, I, I honestly think he will be. 
Uh, we don't know that. We don't even know if he, he wants it or if ESPN's contacted him, but I'm sure they will. Uh, Steve Levy, who did play-by-play uh, for NHL on ESPN uh, before they lost the rights or gave up the rights in the early 2000s, uh, he'll probably be part of the play-by-play rotation, uh, even though he's doing Monday Night Football now. Uh, I think they're still going to end up having Steve Levy involved in NHL play-by-play on ESPN uh, in some fashion. I don't think he'll be the main guy. I think they'll save that seat for Thorne or somebody else. I think uh, John Buchagross has earned an opportunity to do a little play-by-play because he's the guy that's been doing some college hockey, you know, the Frozen Four uh, the last few years at ESPN. So they've got some options here for uh, play-by-play men, uh, ESPN, and what they want to do with that for sure. Uh, you know, they could always go Kenny Albert too, if NBC isn't part of it anymore. Cause Kenny Albert's one of those guys, he works with a bunch of networks. He's on MSG for the Knicks. He's on NBC for hockey. He's on Fox for NFL and for baseball. Uh, so he's been everywhere. Kenny Albert, you could always go that route. And that's the other part of the equation here is that ESPN is only part of this new national television deal for the U S there's going to be other partners, whether that's NBC I'm starting to think more and more NBC may not be part of it. I don't think the, the it unless the unless the Peacock commits to NBC the main network having a lot of hockey. I know the NHL is not thrilled with the NBC Sports Network shutting down, ceasing operation at the end of this year. The NHL is not thrilled of seeing the NBC Sports Network live sports properties going to USA Network. You know, they don't want to be there the NHL USA Network you know, on a regular basis. And if they put a portion of their, if that NBC sports network package or a portion of it, that stays intact with the deal they've got with ESPN and they decide we still want to stay with NBC, you may have to deal with USA network, you know, be in your main, uh, you know, cable home. Uh, if you're going to give NBC any piece of the pie here, when it comes to this NHL deal, I'm not sure the league wants that to be on USA network. I'm now reading things, Alex, that, Fox is interested and very much in the discussion and CBS has put their hat into the ring and CBS has not had NHL hockey since I think the seventies or the early eighties back when Dan Kelly, who was an outstanding play-by-play voice. He's the father of the current St. Louis blues play-by-play voice on television, John Kelly. And Dan was his father. He did blues games. He did national games on CBS Way back in the day, that's how much of this media stuff I, I know. It's crazy. Huh? I wasn't even born then. And yet I know Dan Kelly was doing NHL on CBS in the 70s and 80s. So CBS hasn't really had NHL hockey since then. And now they're interested a little bit in some piece of this national television arrangement. So outside of the NHL having ESPN as part of this, uh, there is a lot about uh, these other networks. Who's going to be involved? How many games is it going to be? Are they going to get cup finals games if they do get involved? So there's still a lot to figure out. But what we do know uh, is that ESPN is back in the NHL national television game for the next seven years, including covering four Stanley Cup finals. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how they go about it. But but, uh, Alex, you mentioned that story that uh, off the air to me that they better start finding guys that can screw in and clue in about hockey a little bit more to write about it yeah. on their websites. Some of the stuff you're reading, it's like, if you guys watch hockey, do you know any of these players and in depth as uh, and at times it doesn't appear that way. The biggest thing the, the ESPN will have to do with the NHL is they will have to basically purge the lineup from NHL network and NBC the same way they did when they acquired the UFC and they got everybody from Fox to come over 
and, and run the same kind of coverage because the people who are currently at in, at ESPN don't know a thing about hockey for, for more or less. There's about five or six people in that whole campus in Bristol. And you mentioned all of them pretty much. John Butchergross, Barry Melrose, uh, Linda Cohn, and they're the ones who basically even t- mentioned hockey at, at any point on be it Sports Center or any kind of other coverage. Uh, they have on their ESPN's website, someone retweeted this and I posted, so follow me on Twitter to, to read it. They have power rankings and stats for every league, obviously. And in the eighth ranking for top teams in the NHL, they have the Boston Bruins. The quote that they mentioned is Nick Ritchie. They mentioned that he's got almost as many goals this season in 22 games played as he did last year in 48, and that he is now a glowing star on the power play, easily one of the best power play pieces in all of the league. Um, he's far from uh, that. He's, okay. he's serviceable in a power play that, that obviously needed to rebuild, but in no way is Nick Ritchie all of a sudden a budding superstar. comparing him to, to Milan Lucic in his heyday uh, with the Bruins. So just little things like that, that all of us who watch and follow hockey religiously know is complete garbage. Uh, and that's going to stand out. And, and I, I'm hoping and wishing that, like I said, they bring these people in because we saw how the things went with the UFC on ESPN the first year. You had people like Stephen A. Smith, couldn't tell you shit about the UFC struggle and trip over his words, constantly trying to, to, you know, talk about a fight mentioning terms that he just read on, on a sheet of paper 20 minutes before he went on air. If they try to do that with the NHL, all of us are going to let the NHL, uh, you know, and ESPN know about it. Uh, and it's all it's going to do is just hurt them trying to bring new people in. You, you, this is still a growing sport. It's insane that we're saying this, but yes, 40 fucking years later, it's a, still a growing sport as far as the United States is concerned on television. And the fact that they're making these backward steps, you know, the NHL should embrace being on USA because that's a network that somehow defies the logic of time and shows 75 hours of Law and Order SVU in a 24-hour span. If they can get some of that off and actually have one network devoted to hockey for a change in this country, maybe that would actually help grow the sport somewhat. But now are you going to bury it between college football, college basketball, the NBA, and you know probably some cornhole tournament at two in the morning? Uh, and then on, on top of that, have some people who you know because they're getting paid millions of dollars to talk about the sports they know. All of a sudden, I have to start talking about hockey, and then one of them probably going to mention, you know, forget that Wayne Gretzky's been out of the league 25 years. It's going to be a shit show. I'm telling you guys this right now, and it's it's only going to get worse unless the ESPN network realizes we got to just copy paste what NBC has done the last 10 years and then grow from there. Yeah, and you got to bring in hockey people. Simple as that. Hockey people, hockey players, ho- former hockey players, hockey you know reporters, whatever the case may be. You need hockey people. You can't. I don't want to see Stephen A. Smith anywhere near a hockey rink for the ESPN coverage. Uh, I do not want to see that. I, I I do not want to see that at all. I don't want to be there in the 2024 Stanley Cup Final, and there's Stephen A. Smith at the desk talking about you know the, the Stanley Cup Final. Uh, not interested in that. Uh, they they need the hockey people in there. I don't think he's interested anyway. I've heard Stephen A. Smith say a bunch that you know he doesn't even acknowledge that hockey exists. So, yeah. uh, you know, he, I, there's no way he'll be part of the coverage. I'd be shocked. There's a, there's shocked. a radio. Someone, someone posted a radio clip about with Max Kellerman, who I respect dearly as, as a, one of the brightest boxing minds in the world, basically talking to the radio station saying that, you know, hockey sucks. He basically spent like 10 minutes on the show slamming the sport. And now all of a sudden, okay, what, we're gonna, are we going to just throw him on the screen because he's employed by the network? And then expect him to all of a sudden have a change of heart about the sport. No, he's made it pretty obvious how he feels about it. 
but yet the, because ESPN is handcuffed to some of these gigantic contracts. So they're like, we're not going to sign and, and hire anyone else. We're going to just, just put the talent, you know, Oh, they can, they can do it. It's like, no, this is not, this is not a newspaper where you just put somebody on a beat and all of a sudden they just go and write about it. These are, you know, this is a, a legitimate sport. It takes time to know. This is not something you can just watch and know in, in a given week. And the fact that you're trying to get more people to watch your product, uh, you want to have people that, you know, when they tune in, they can say, oh, well, I don't know this. But if I pay attention, watch. that was the, the bri- brilliant thing about watching John Madden, uh, you know, throughout the years. And I heard my parents say the same thing and family members when he was on CBS. But I grew up watching him on Fox. If you didn't know football well enough, if you sat and watched the game with Madden and Summerall, they could explain the game to you enough to where you could absorb it and learn from it moving forward. You know, and that's something that I think the NHL, I think that might be the, the biggest strength that Doc Emmerich had, honestly, for the most part, is that he was able to really kind of clue people into the game. Now, he went, he got a bit of nostalgic at times, but he's one of the good people, him and, and Eddie Olchek, for sure, where they can actually teach the game as you're watching it. So if you are a newer fan, you can keep, keep up to speed. I highly doubt the ESPN is going to make an effort of that. They're going to try and, and at least hopefully try to cater to us hardcore fans that, that know as much as we do. But as far as growing the game, this seems like it's a terrible idea on many fronts, other than the fact that the digital footprint is they absorbed. They basically acquired uh, you know, NHL TV here in the States. And also they're pretty much saying that, well, we don't really care you know, what, you, what you think of watching the games in the regular season. We just know everybody cares about it in the playoffs. So that's where we're going to make our footprint. And that shows by them trying to get – are eventually getting four of the next seven Stanley Cup finals. Yeah, exactly. That's the amazing part that they got that many games, uh, that many Stanley Cup finals, I should say, uh, as part of this deal. And you're right. Um, yeah, the NHL's back on ESPN. And yeah, that'll grow visibility because there's, again, there's that just so many people that uh, with the sport being on ESPN, uh, it still probably is, is better ratings wise than NBC. But at the end of the day, it's still coverage wise, focus wise for ESPN. It'll be behind the NFL. It'll be behind the NBA. It'll be behind Major League Baseball and college football and college basketball. And that's basically what the uh, NHL's, you know, even though they're back on ESPN, they're going to have to live with that. But uh, interesting developments yesterday with that news. We'll have to see who the other television partners are with the NHL starting next season in terms of national television coverage all right let's go to the wednesday card it is time to uh, break down these games we've got five of them uh, on tap we'll start with vegas and minnesota we've got the uh, vegas golden knights about minus 115 road favorites total five and a half here in this one uh, the minnesota wild with a two nothing win in the first of the two back-to-back games between these teams uh, on monday night playoff atmosphere playoff intensity that it was very well uh, tight checking on both ends uh, in that game uh, very impressive to see how good uh, both teams played defensively. Uh, Capo Kakinen is on an absolute roll right now for the Minnesota Wild in net. I mean, 940 save percentage. He's won uh, a bunch of most of his recent starts. He's been absolutely terrific in net to the point where he's kind of won the job a little bit, the number one job, and getting more starts than Cam Talbot at this point in time. Beware of the uh, Vegas injury situation. They were without. Alex Petrangelo and Mark Stone on Monday night. Petrangelo went back to Vegas. So he left uh, and went back to uh, Sin City. So he's definitely not in tonight. And Mark Stone is once again questionable for this game. Um, Minnesota playing good hockey. I don't love the idea of fading Vegas off a loss. They're 4-1 this season uh, in five previous games off a loss. They'll be in bounce back mode after getting shut out the previous game. Same goalie matchup, Flurry and Kakinen. 
Low scoring game the other night. I could see it being a little looser tonight. I, I sometimes like that with these two, two two competitive teams that when you get a really, really tight checking low scoring game, one uh, game between them doesn't necessarily mean it's going to follow through to the very next game. So for that reason, I do have a small bet over the total here, uh, five and a half here at minus 105. As far as the side goes, lean to Vegas a little, but you know, with the injuries and with Minnesota playing good hockey and at home and Kakinen on a roll, not in a rush to uh, actually back the Golden Knights here. Just a lean for me with that. Uh, Alex, what about you here? Golden Knights and Wild. Yeah, I'm on this first period over uh, one and a half at minus five. I was on it on Monday's game, and it really should have cashed. There was a lot of chances that Vegas had on, on Kakinen early, but uh, obviously Kakinen just stood on his head that whole game, got his first career shutout as a result. And like I said, I think we're going to see a more open-paced game uh, from both teams tonight, especially with the fact is that with Kakinen coming off of that shutout, I don't see him just uh, bouncing back and all of a sudden stringing together another mesmerizing performance. I think this Vegas team, you know, will you know learn from their mistakes. And like I said, it's not a team you really want to fade, especially off of a shutout. They have the offensive talent. They just they've been streaky with it throughout the season. So I expect goals early here. So I like the first period over to lean with the full game over. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if things maybe tighten down late. Yeah. I also would look at the regulation draw here. We've seen these teams play close enough to go in the OT. It was a, you know, had an OT meeting in Vegas uh, a while back. So a lean with the regulation draw, but official on the first period over. All right. Like in the uh, first period over here, one and a half between the uh, Golden Knights and the Wild. Uh, next up, we've got uh, the Ottawa Senators and Edmonton Oilers. We've got Edmonton minus 230. Big favorites here. Total six and a half across the board. Not much on this game. I mean, uh, Mike Smith back in net. I think that's a good thing for the Oilers. He has been playing very well. Maybe you lean under the total here because the last game stayed under. It got off to that fast start. A lot of goals in the first period. Alex just talked about it in the Vegas Minnesota game where we had a, you know, we might have a fast start with scoring in the first period and it slows down after that. That's exactly what happened with Ottawa and Edmonton uh, the other night when these two teams played. Uh, but Mike Smith being back in net, I like that for the uh, Edmonton Oilers going into this game. Ottawa's 0-5 this season head-to-head -head against Edmonton. They have played them tougher uh, the last few games, but uh, definitely the uh, Oilers have uh, you know gotten the best of the uh, Senators uh, this season, no question. Uh, I think they're probably going to win this game tonight. I certainly think you know M Mike Smith playing well, 7-2, 9.25 save percentage, 2.29 goals against average uh, this season for him. Uh, in net, uh, it's pretty good numbers, pretty good form he's in right now. Uh, not much of an opinion either way, sidewise, total-wise, just a lean to the under, nothing more than that. Alex, what do you think here, Ottawa-Edmonton? I like this under, actually, six and a half, and, you know, getting it uh, around, you know, a pick and price, basically, you know, near close to even money. Uh, like I said, Mike Smith's been playing very well, and, and Matt Murray, as much as he struggled, uh, he has done well against Edmonton in his career, so I think this could be one of those matchups, like I said, that – uh, you know, we saw it start off hot and then cool down in the last game. I think this one might just stay cool uh, throughout. I think six and a half is a fairly high total. And it's rare that we get uh, six and a half where we can play the under, you know, anywhere around, you know, a, a short favorite to a pick'em range. So I'm going to go with the under here with the Sens and Oilers. All right. Like in the under six and a half here, Sens and Oilers. Uh, moving on, we've got Arizona, Colorado. Uh, the Avalanche minus 210 to minus 215 home favorites total uh, five and a half shaded to the under in this game. Colorado deserved a better result the other night against Arizona. It was domination. It seemed like every shot, every chance the Coyotes got uh, in the game the other night against Colorado uh, ended up going in the net. 
a very unfortunate result for them in that three to two uh, loss for the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, Darcy Kemper uh, actually left the game uh, early in the third period against Colorado the other night due to injury, and now he's out week to week. Uh, so definitely uh, a concern. It means anti Ranta. It's going to fall on his shoulders now uh, moving forward uh, as the uh, he'll take over as the primary number one goaltender uh, for this uh, Arizona uh, Coyote squad. Uh, Jared Bednar uh, said that, uh, you know, he didn't like necessarily his team's effort at times, even though they did pour it on uh, as the game went on. Uh, Nathan McKinnon, good news for the Avalanche. Good news with him on that front. Uh, he'll be back in the lineup. He's missed the last three games. Uh, they're still going to be without Kale McCarr and Bowen Byram. They're still battling their upper body uh, injuries and won't return here uh, in this game tonight. But having Nate the great McKinnon is definitely a boost for the Avalanche offensively and maybe some of those chances they didn't bury Monday night. They can finally get uh, those uh, chances to uh, get back uh, in uh, in net tonight and be able to find the back of the net uh, in this game against Arizona. This is the game I mentioned earlier where I think it's a little bit tricky these days with the puck line with so many close games and you still might get a close game here. I really like this bounce back situation for Colorado, but, and I considered the puck line for better value, but I'm going to play this one a little bit safer with all the one goal games and tight, you know, margins that we've seen recently. I'm going to go with Colorado in regulation here at minus 140 uh, is the price with that. I think they'll win this game be in within 60 minutes uh, certainly deserved, I think, the two points the other night against Arizona. Ront has been a little bit up and down. Everybody's going to be excited to get Nathan McKinnon back. And I think Colorado now, two losses in a row for them. I think you'll get whatever best game, best effort they've got, you'll get it tonight. So I like the Avs in regulation here, minus 140. Uh, Alex, what are your thoughts here? Coyotes Avalanche. Yeah, it's a lean with Colorado in regulation, but I'm not going to play that. It's a bit of a high price, especially with, okay, McKinnon's back in the lineup, but maybe it takes, you know, a game or two for him to gel back in. You know, some of those secondary guys have been, you know, you know, picking up the weight, obviously with Brandon Saad, uh, numbers that he'd been put up were, were pretty sensational. And some of the other guys, you know, chipping in, but they're still, you know, like I said, missing those guys in the blue line, still not getting consistent goaltending right now at, at times. And they said, you know, that was a, game where you know you had Arizona only get 14 shots off on goal you know and end up finding the back of the net so that those those efforts are going to have to get better uh and Arizona is still a, a feisty team where you know okay Ronta is now the, the number one guy moving forward uh you know you can trust in him to steal a game at times so uh you know he basically did that in the, in the third period of last game but uh this is one where if I had to play anything it would be Colorado regulation but I would want a better price so it's gonna be a pass all right, next game, LA Kings, Anaheim Ducks. We have another rematch situation here. LA about minus 125, road favorites, total five and a half across the board. I did bet the Kings here, minus 125. Um, they couldn't have played worse to start the game. Uh, Cal Peterson had a rough, rough night, and yet the LA Kings still came back and nearly won the game and, and fell short in overtime. Never would have thought we'd see a 6-5 game, would we? Uh, with the LA Kings and the Anaheim Ducks the other night, but sure enough, we did. Uh, I, I like the resolve LA showed. You know, they kept coming back, and Anaheim would score, and they kept on battling, and they kept on battling, uh, and they ended up getting that game back to tied. And then, of course, Anaheim won it in overtime. It was a very uh, bizarre to see that game as wide open uh, as it was uh, between those two teams. Uh, Anaheim's got some injury concerns here going into this game. Josh Manson on the de on defense. Hampus Lindholm is on IR uh, on the blue line. They lost Troy Terry 
uh, to injury uh, in that last game against LA the other night. He's day-to-day. He may not suit up here in this game. Uh, I think the Kings can bounce back here in this one. They've been very good at avoiding 0-2 against the same team in these back-to-back games against the same opponents. So, And I still think they're the slightly better of these two teams than Anaheim. I'll, I'll go back to the well here with Los Angeles, minus 125. Alex, your thoughts here on the Kings and the Ducks? Yeah, this is a game I'm looking at the regulation draw here. You can get around plus 315 is the price that I saw earlier where uh, these two teams just play each other very tight, whether it's low scoring or high scoring like we saw the other night. Uh, these are two teams that kind of tend to hang around uh, with one another. And it, it makes sense. It's a rivalry matchup. These teams are, are more than familiar with each other over the years. Uh, and I wouldn't be shocked to see the same here, especially if it's Gibson in that, obviously. Uh, you know, the thing with Gibson is that he's had to shoulder the workload so much that, you know, sometimes he's susceptible now of having off nights. He can't just, uh, you know, put up a, a game where he's got 35 or 36 saves, you know, night after night after night. So you worry about that. And with Cal Peterson, like you said, uh, a bit of misfortune, but he's still a, a solid goaltender that I feel you know can be trusted uh, more often than Quick. And even if Quick were to play in this spot here, uh, like I said, the familiarity of him playing against Anaheim uh, isn't you know something to sneeze at, as opposed to maybe if he was playing against some other different teams. So uh, I see this one being a close game. I can see going being three-three after sixty minutes. So I'm taking a shot with the regulation draw here with Kings and Ducks. All right, let's get a Kings and overtime or a shootout tonight. Let's get it. Kings and overtime or a shootout, and everybody's happy and everybody's got cash in their pocket. That's what we'll hope for tonight uh, with the Kings and the Ducks. Final game, and it should be a good one, Montreal and Vancouver. Uh, they're meeting for the second straight time. Uh, we've got Montreal currently around minus 150 road favorites, total six across the board. Here we are again with Montreal as pretty moderate road chalk uh, against this Vancouver team, which has now won three straight games four of their last five, all of the wins with a surging, confident, on-fire Thatcher Demko uh, in between the pipes for this uh, Vancouver Canucks team. Um, I'm not laying this price with Montreal. I'm not. Uh, I understand they lost the other night. Frustrating a loss to the Canucks. They had a lead most of the game. They were leading 1-0. Uh, Canucks, Adam Gaudet ties it late 1-1, uh, and then they end up winning uh, past regulation. But Vancouver, look, they – Defended the Leafs very well uh, in those back-to-back wins against Toronto. Their defensive game has improved immensely. They're not giving you know opposing forwards a lot of time and space out there to make plays. And when they do allow that time and space, there's Thatcher Demko making the save and playing outstanding hockey, kind of mirroring the way he played in the bubble last year when he took over for Jacob Markstrom. You know, and he got injured against Vegas, and the Canucks were a float to game seven in that series, all because of Thatcher Demko just standing on his head. He's almost at that level right now. He's playing just almost as good right now as he did then. And that's a tough, tough combination with the Canucks playing better defensively. Brock Besser's coming to life offensively. And to think that Elias Pettersson's missed a couple of games here too. And Vancouver still found a way to get through and win these games. So I understand it's Montreal revenge. Uh, They lost the first game the other night. But I'm not going against Vancouver in this kind of price range. Sure, Montreal could win, but I'm not comfortable at all with this minus 150 price tag on the Montreal Canadiens. I'm not involved in this game either way. Certainly would lean under. That's the way it's trending. Price is starting to get his game back again. You would expect him to be in net for the Habs again. You'd expect it to be Demko again, obviously, with the role he's on for the Canucks. So if anything, lean under the total. It stayed under with ease 
the other night, maybe more of the same tonight, maybe another low-scoring, tight-checking affair. What do you think, Alex? Montreal, Vancouver. Yeah, I wouldn't wouldn't be shocked to see kind of a, a repeat of the same as far as lower scoring, but uh, like I said, my lean would be with Montreal in the spot here. I think, like I said, coming off the revenge uh, angle, I think this would be a, a good good chance for them to bounce back and win, but I don't like the price range, and I, like I said, just want to see if Demko can continue to play stellar in that, which, you know, like I said, I think he's a guy I had rated quite highly at the beginning of the year. Uh, I thought that he was going to, you know, bounce off well with working with Brayton Holby, but obviously things just haven't, you know, clicked all together for Vancouver uh, in, in this season. So it'd be a bright spot for him to, to continue to progress, but this is a game I'm going to pass because like there's, you know, only a few spots tonight that I really like tomorrow's a better card in my opinion. So I'm just going to stick with a couple of games that I've been passing this one. All right, there we go. That is the Wednesday NHL card, five games. Uh, there's your analysis on all five NHL games taking place tonight. Good stuff. Great discussion before about the ESPN deal, the games last night as well. Uh, before we get to best bets, which is always what we do to wrap up the show, a reminder to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, sign up for an account, use the promo code THPN, and when you sign up, download the, when you download the DraftKings app and sign up, you'll get a deposit bonus. You'll get weekly specials that DraftKings uh, makes available uh, within your account, uh, incentives, all kinds of perks to downloading the DraftKings Sportsbook app, signing up for an account, and using the promo code THPN. Uh, all right, uh, best bets to wrap up the show. Uh, we'll see what we've got uh, in the uh, vault when it comes to best bets on this short card. Alex, what have you got tonight for a best bet? Yeah, we'll go with the early evening game. The first period over between Vegas and Minnesota. Like you said, we saw you know a tightly contested game uh, in the last meeting, but there's still we had one goal from the Wild, and easily it could have been a 2-1 Vegas lead uh, if it wasn't for Kockinen standing on his head and making some incredible saves. So uh, I think we're going to see at least two goals here early in this contest. So I'll take the Golden Knights and the Wild. First period over one and a half as my best bet. All right, Vegas, Minnesota over one and a half here. Uh, in the first period for Alex B. Smith with his best bet. Mine is going to be Colorado in regulation. Slim pickings, like I say, I've only made three bets on this card uh, with Vegas, Minnesota, full game over, and the L.A. side. I'm going to go with Colorado in regulation, though, as my best bet. Uh, Avalanche in regulation, minus 140 uh, against the Arizona Coyotes. I think it's a good bounce-back situation for them. Uh, and I expect, again, they probably should have won the other night. Uh, they controlled the play, high danger chances, expected goal margin, all in Colorado's favor, but they didn't get the result. I think they do get the result tonight that they are looking for. Colorado in regulation, minus 140 against Arizona, my best bet. That'll wrap things up. Thanks to everyone for watching us live on YouTube. Reminder, you can watch us live on YouTube seven days a week, 2 p.m. Eastern, Monday to Friday, noon Eastern, Saturday and Sunday. And if you can't watch us live, make sure you download the audio podcast version of the Ice Guys show on all major podcast platforms. For Alex B. Smith, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Wednesday. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow on Thursday for another edition of the Ice Guys presented by the Hockey Podcast Network.